Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Oh, Carl Thomas, thank you for joining us again. But there's a big Joe Biden story we need to talk about. And we'll hear Joe Biden in a moment from a press conference. But first of all, can you spell out for us what has been so disastrous for the American president out of the report by Special Counsel Robert Herr? Well, Matt, it's very sad, uh, regardless of what your political party or position is, to witness somebody, especially a president of the United States, uh, continuing his cognitive decline. Uh, Robert Hur, the special counsel, issued a report yesterday after an investigation into uh, President Biden's handling, or in his case, mishandling of classified documents. Uh, he interviewed, the special counsel did, uh, the president for five hours and concluded that uh, the president had, in his words, severe memory losses. He couldn't remember when he was vice president or within several years when his son, Bo, died. He claimed the documents he took after leaving the Senate and vice presidency were legal acts, which they were not. And then, I think, in the most damning phrase in this more than 300-page document, which I think his political opponents will probably use against him in the campaign, uh, her, the special counsel, said he would bring no charges against the president because, quote, he is an elderly man with memory issues and a D.C. jury would be sympathetic and not convicted. Let's hear how Joe Biden responded to those claims by special counsel Robert Herr. I know there's some attention paid to some language in the report about my recollection of events. There's even reference that I don't remember when my son died. How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's, uh, that's, that's my memory has gotten worse, Mr. No, president? My memory is not good. My memory is fine. I'm of the view, as you know, that the conduct of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. Not a good finish when he started mixing up Gaza and Mexico, was it? No, and it's uh, not the first time. He also referred to uh, recent meetings with two dead European leaders, President of France, Chancellor of Germany. Uh, and this has been going on for some time, Matt. Again, it's very, very sad. Anybody who has had a family member who has had uh, diminished capacity, cognitive decline, or has witnessed it in others, uh, we remember Ronald Reagan. It, uh, he went through over two years of this. And it's very sad. It's, it is probably the cruelest disease you could have. It robs the mind and later the body. Uh, but, you know, our enemies must be looking at this. Xi of China, Putin of uh, 
Russia, the Ayatollahs, and others, and, and say, this is our moment. We can, we can do whatever we want because there's not going to be a response. I think they're going to have to have the equivalent of a Richard Nixon moment when members of Congress went to Nixon and said, uh, there's no more support for you in, uh, in the Congress, and Nixon resigned. I think the best thing he could do for himself, for his family, and for the country is to step aside and let some other Democrat win the nomination. But uh, if he's to be held... Carl, if he's to be held to that criteria that his memory isn't good enough to be president, then surely Donald Trump should be disqualified from standing on that grounds alone. Because when he was being investigated by Robert Mueller, he said he could not recall, remember or recollect more than 30 times in his answers to Mueller. Well, that's the uh, usual fallback position of people uh, who uh, don't want to perjure themselves. Hillary Clinton did the same thing when uh, James Comey was investigating her for mishandling thousands of classified documents and destroying them and sharing them with her top assistant, uh, Huma Abedin, who then forwarded it to her then-husband, uh, Anthony Weiner, for, for printing. And she denied knowledge of a lot of stuff. Because, and, and then Comey said that uh, he wasn't going to remember, uh, recommend that Mrs. Clinton be prosecuted, even though... She, uh, what was the word he used? He, uh, uh, gross negligence in handling classified documents. Uh, so, you know, this is only going to feed the view of a lot of Americans that there's a two-tiered justice system in America, one for the wealthy and, uh, and well-connected and the, re- the other for the rest of us. But I'm going to come back to the point I put to you about Trump's mental, mental capacity, because if you say that he said he didn't recall over 30 times uh, simply to avoid answering the questions, how then can it be explained how he's regularly claimed, as one listener puts it, that he beat Obama in 2016 instead of Hillary? He's repeatedly got Nikki Haley and Nancy Peloso uh, mixed up. So he actually has all of these issues displayed on a regular basis. So why shouldn't he be forced on that basis to step aside? Yeah. Well, I, as I've said before in the program, Matt, and you'll recall, uh, I think both of them need a cognitive test by an independent doctor, and not the White House doctor, and not uh, Trump's personal physician, and the complete details released to the American people. Uh, polls show, as we've said before on this program, that an overwhelming majority of Americans don't want either one to be president, 181 and 177 years old, and want a new generation. But if they don't want it, they've got to vote for somebody else, and that's not what they're doing at the moment. A listener says, what a lot of rubbish. After a five-hour interview the day after the Israel attack in October, I'm thinking he was a little distracted. The special counsel totally overstepped the mark. Uh, all of those adjectives were not needed. Yeah, could this guy have been specially mo- or politically motivated himself? He was a Trump uh, appointee, wasn't he, Cal? Well, he was indeed, but uh, yeah, I know the Democrats are, and some uh, media pundits in the U.S. now are using the excuse of the uh, distraction from the October 7th attack by Hamas. By the way, a terrorist group he, he couldn't remember the name of and had to be prompted by a member of the press. Uh, but that's a, that's a phony excuse. I mean, a president of the United States has to handle a number of things simultaneously, and uh, he, or eventually she, uh, will uh, will always have to deal with that. Uh, but I want to, you know, I want to go back to the polls, Matt. People are dissatisfied with what's going on in Washington. They're dissatisfied with their leadership. But in a free society, you can do something about it. You don't have to vote for these people. And the polls show they don't want it. 
I, you know, something has got to happen between now and the Democratic and Republican conventions. I don't know what it is, but I don't think the country is going to be able to survive uh, this kind of contention uh, for another year. It's very sad. And Alyssa says, it's funny, sad, astonishing that we're in a situation where Trump's multiple indictments were politically advantageous to him and Biden's exoneration is politically terrible for him. What about Tucker Carlson in Russia? What do you make of his interview with Vladimir Putin? Well, that was practically a filibuster by Putin who who rewrote history, who rewrote uh, just about everything, who did say, although I think it's probably a phony offer, that uh, the Wall Street Journal reporter who has been in custody in Russia since last March, that there might be a way to release him and let him go home. Uh, we're in negotiations, that sort of thing. I think uh, Putin just used it as a propaganda tool. Uh, Tucker Carlson, when he had a show on Fox, was uh, practically a toady for uh, Putin and uh, against the war in Ukraine. It was not supportive of Zelensky or what Ukraine was trying to do in defending itself. So uh, I, I don't think it is a win for journalism, and it, it certainly was a win for Putin, though. Yes, indeed. And how frightening was it that he, he suggested that Hitler and Germany were correct to invade Poland in 1939 because the Poles wouldn't negotiate to give the Germans what they wanted. Some people are seeing that as a veiled threat to Poland. Uh, others have see it as his justification for invading Ukraine, but noting the parallels. But how worrying is it that Trump and others in America are now looking to not give financial support to Ukraine, which means Ukraine may not be able to not just win back the territory that Russia has stolen from it, but could be a danger of losing more. Well, first of all, uh, Putin's analogy was incorrect. The real analogy is England uh, and Germany at the at Munich in 1939. Peace in our time, uh, said Neville Chamberlain. Uh, and that gave, of course, anybody who knows history as you do, uh, a green light to Hitler to go ahead and invade Poland. So uh, I don't think the analogy is the same, but uh, Putin is a tyrant. He's a murderer. He, uh, he kills his opponents. He imprisons and kills journalists. He has absolutely no credibility. He said during the Tucker Carlson interview that the Nazis were running Ukraine, which is completely false. And, uh, I, you know, I, I just don't think it is, uh, is good journalism or contributes to any credibility if he has any left. Uh, by Tucker Carlson to do this interview. I'm fine with uh, interviewing uh, tyrants and dictators, but you've got to break up the uh, the filibuster and ask some hard questions, and Tucker Carlson uh, didn't do it. Thank you very much, Carl Thomas. We're going to go to Mark Hogan from Pro Football Ireland because we are interested as well in the Super Bowl, which is on in Las Vegas this weekend, which itself has been politicised, Mark. And tell us about how the Republicans are very upset about the potential appearance at the game of Taylor Swift. Yeah, morning, Matt, from Vegas. Yeah, um, Taylor Swift is dating one of the players and it's been turned into her influence on her fans means that she is going to be pro-Democrat and her appearance in front of the world and that it's 330 million Americans especially is going to be, she's going to be shown all over TV and having um, her audience vote blue apparently. Is it actually going to bring about though the biggest audience ever for a Super Bowl, her attendance at it? It certainly seems that it's going to have a massive impact. I mean, 
I've been to Super Bowls before, Matt. Normally the quarterback is dominated. He has the media scrum in front of him. Not this time. It was Travis Kelsey. I've, I haven't seen E! News and the likes be accredited for one of these events before, but you, you couldn't get to the guy. Last year, I was able to get a question in. I didn't even bother. You'd been waiting there 15 minutes to try and get up the front. So going by that alone and the talk, like everyone knows that she's in Japan this week and she's flying back from there. We've even heard about the um, the climate impact of her jet flying back, is it appropriate? You cannot get away from the Taylor Swift storylines before the Super Bowl. So it's absolutely being used to promote the thing. And the NFL is thrilled for that. It's a, an audience that they didn't know that they were able to tap into and they have all those extra eyeballs. But is it a temporary phenomenon? Oh, you'd, you'd imagine so. I mean, like, we're talking about whether it's going to even influence who's going to be named essentially the man of the match. Will Travis Kelsey do it? Because they want that moment where he accepts the reward gives a hug and a kiss to Taylor Swift and maybe they're saying we'll get down on one knee. Like the conspiracy theories have been all over this, adding up that four plus nine of the 49ers comes to 13 because that's Taylor Swift's favourite number. I shouldn't know these things, Matt. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think the 49ers have been renamed just to get to Taylor Swift's favourite number, have they? We're, we're told it's all scripted and that's why like this was all a plant and that's where the Republicans, to tie it back in, that's why the Republicans are saying like, this whole NFL is scripted, NFL referees are um, deciding who gets into games and all this. So, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. There is a sort of a strange irony as well in that Trump did try and manipulate the NFL to his own uh, intentions when yeah. he, the Colin Kaepernick, taking the knee incident. And before that, he got Bill Belichick into trouble once upon a time for saying that Bill Belichick endorsed him. Bill Belichick, a legendary coach that would not give anything to the media, woke up one morning having to explain to his players how he and Tom Brady had apparently endorsed Trump because that's what Trump had done. So, yeah, it's a complete contradiction. It makes no sense, but what does with Donald Trump? Who's going to win the match? It's a tough one because anyone that came into the game like all year round, the 49ers had to make it to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs were not looking good. But on paper then, when you start to dial into it, and this happens when you have two weeks to you know, look at one of the biggest sporting events in the world, the Kansas City Chiefs defense matches up very well in, in opposition to the 49ers offense. If they're able to defend against the run and, uh, and get it going themselves, it's just on paper for a Chiefs team that has not been good all year, Suddenly, everyone's favouring them. I'm going to stick with the 49ers, though. I have to. They've been more consistent throughout the year. I think that um, people get on top of Brock Purdy, the quarterback, for being no good. He is doing exactly what is being asked from for the San Francisco 49ers. People don't like that. He's essentially being asked to speak English, and he can speak it fluently. And people are saying, well, what if he was asked to speak French? He's not being asked to speak French. He's being asked to run the 49ers offense, and he's doing it at an elite level. Thank you very much for that, Mark Hogan from Pro Football Ireland. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-